Oh, hi. Uh, is this the green room? This is it. Okay. Uh, I think the email said to meet up here. Um, you must be my fellow actor. That's right. Our director should be along any time now. I I'm Hunter. Hunter Schlangfeld. And you're... You don't recognize me? Um... It's been a long time. That I'll give you. I had a lot more hair then. John Talbot! <laughs> well, I just... I, I didn't... I mean, holy cow, man! How are you? It's probably been since, uh... May 18, 1992. That's some memory you got there, John. It was high school graduation. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't remember. Oh, right, of course. Graduation. Huh. And you were heading off to, um... That art school. Some kind of scholarship, right? Full ride, yeah. And you went off to Dartmouth, or was it William and Mary? You Penn, actually, but who's counting? I mean, we both ended up back here. Yeah, we did. I was going to shake the dust of this town right off my sandals, head west or east or across the pond. Yeah, and I was supposed to be a doctor, let my parents retire comfortably on my income. Plans change sometimes, I guess. Yeah. People get pregnant, and you have to take the first job you can get. The fellowship money you were promised dries up, and your only contacts... Are back in this town here. So why'd you try out for this play? The same reason as any of us. Needed the money. Oh. What, you didn't want a paycheck out of this? I just have other reasons for wanting to do this particular play. For the art, right? Something like that. Gets me out of the house, too. Oh, I hear that, man. Not sure what's worse, the wife screaming or the kids screaming. What do you think of the script? Okay, I'll admit I haven't actually read it all the way through. Any chance you can summarize it for me? Fine. So there's this rich old novelist, right? That's me. Sort of a recluse, lives in this big old house all alone. And you play a reporter, the first one who scored an interview with me in a long time. Years and years. You show up at my house, but I don't come right out and talk to you. First, there are a bunch of eerie noises from different parts of the house. Then, just as you're getting ready to say screw it and leave, my voice comes down to you from a god mic and we start the interview. Sort of. You're moving around the house trying to find me as you're interviewing me and eventually you discover this. What is that? This is called a tape recorder. I know you Ivy League types forgot what these were 20 years ago. Very funny. This tape recorder happens to be my old one. It was the newest thing back in 1992. Director wanted the oddness of the dated technology, and I mentioned I had this thing still in working order, so here we are. So your writer character, what, he's been talking to me through this tape recorder? Apparently? When you find the tape recorder and turn it off, the voice stops mid-sentence. And that's the end of Act 1. Curtain lights up on Act 2. I'm there, but I'm wearing your clothes. You're nowhere in sight. And I deliver a monologue as you, confessing to some horrible crime. What crime? I don't actually know. I haven't read your part of the script as thoroughly. Wait. So after that, you reappear from the wings. I, wait. Am I naked? What? If you're wearing my clothes, what do I have on? Oh, well, they're not actually your clothes. I mean, look at us. Would we really be able to fit in the same clothes? 
I'm just wearing duplicates of your clothes. Why? That's sort of the question, isn't it? How did I know what clothes you'd wear? How do I know about your crime? How did I know what questions you were going to ask me? So, I reappear back on stage. Then what happens? What would you do? Me in real life? Yeah. What would you do in that situation? A guy is wearing your clothes. He's just talked about something from your past. Something you thought was buried forever. I don't know. I'd probably just stare at the guy for a long time. Uh, I don't think I'd be able to think of anything to possibly say. Just right. That's what you do then. I stare at him? Yes. It's in the script. There's a long stare down. Then I hit the play button on the tape recorder. And it's that same monologue that I've just given as you, but it's you saying it and not me. Then what? You take a weapon and threaten me. We haven't decided yet. Script says a gun, but it could be a knife or a lead pipe or a chair. Like that chair you're sitting on, even. Whatever, it doesn't matter. The point is, you try to threaten me into giving you the tape. Do you give it to me? Do, do I kill you? No, I talk you out of it. Y you talk me out of it. My character is a writer, remember? Words are his thing. Still seems far-fetched to me. Well, writers usually have an inflated sense of their own abilities. Well, still, you escape murder just by talking? I mean, I'm in your clothes, I knew your questions, I know your secrets. Clearly I'm in your head to some degree. I have to go to the bathroom. Don't you want to know the rest? It's not much longer. Sure, fine. Uh, so you talk me out of killing you by... Socratic method. I fire questions at you. What would be the point of killing you? Why bother? Besides, if I have that tape, do you not think I've made duplicates and stored them elsewhere? What do you think happens to you if you kill me? These are just... spy games. It's all just a game, just a show. Something like that. I mean, of course it's a show. It's a show within a show. So then what happens? I thought you had to go to the bathroom. Tell me what happens, you... Sorry, it was a false alarm. Just tell me what happens, please? Well, the ending is a little ambiguous. You're there crying on the floor, and I pick up a phone. Am I calling the cops? We don't know. That's it. Final curtain. Wow. That's messed up. Like, kind of a departure from the Shakespeare and the fairy tales a lot of the other companies through here have done. Do, do you really think our town's audience will go for that kind of thing? I don't know how many butts we'll put in the seats, to be honest, but... I'll tell you, I freaking love this play. I'd do this play if there weren't anybody watching except you and me. Besides, there's elements that will resonate with a local audience. The characters will seem familiar. Familiar how? Sort of hard to explain. So, your big confession is going to go on my little tape recorder here. See, it's got the original microphone and everything. Director wants to put it on tape and then she'll convert it later. She thinks the sound quality will be really cool if we do it that way. Sort of eerie. Hey, I remember that tape recorder. You used to go around high school recording interviews with random people. Yeah, I had a radio show and everything. Mostly me and my mom who listened, but, you know, it was a start. A start at what? Since our director seems to be running a little late, you want to get going recording that monologue? Just get it done? Um, sure. I mean, unless you want to take that bathroom break. I told you, it was a false alarm. Well, in that case, should we just get it done? Might as well. What page are we on? 
right here. Hang on one second. Okay, your mic, the tape's running whenever you're ready. Right here, page 42. You got it. <clears throat> I was really drunk that night. I know that much. I was so drunk I couldn't see straight. It was a celebration, so I thought I should be having a good time, but my girlfriend had just broken up with me, and I found out that day that my first choice school had rejected me after all, so I wasn't happy. I was at my graduation bonfire, downing Jack like there was water. My friends were standing around guffawing about something stupid. I decided I hated them, and I hated life. So I got in my truck, went for a drive. My best friend saw me getting in, and he begged me not to go, said there was no way I should be driving, said he was going to run and tell my dad. He punched him in the face. I went out on some of the back roads before circling back into town. I went screaming past someone else's graduation party. I remember they had a bonfire going, too, a circle of orange light making the darkness outside it deeper. I slowed to turn into the driveway, but as I was turning, my truck hit something. I got out, and there was this, this kid. One of the other kids in my class, but that was all I could tell in my state. I'd hit him. He was bleeding. When I went over to try to pick him up, put him on his feet, it seemed like his blood just soaked through all of my clothes. He was groaning, but he was clearly pretty much out of it. His legs dangled at this weird 90-plus degree angle. His legs dangled at this weird 90-plus degree angle, clearly broken. And there it was, laid out before me, an alternate future. No U-Pen, no sports scholarship, no degree. Years in jail, years as a low-paid worker, years of suffering through this one mistake. So I threw him in the bed of my pickup. And I took him out into the country, into the middle of a cow pasture, and I, I started digging. Eventually, I buried him. And I went home, and I threw up all night. And by the morning, I convinced myself it was all a dream, a drunken nightmare. John, get out of that chair. Excuse me? Get out of that chair right now. And walk to the door. Do it now. You have a limp. I still remember the taste of dirt. It was that peculiar Midwest dirt mixed with so much cow manure you could hardly tell the difference. I clawed and I kicked and I screamed dirt and I bathed that earth in my blood. John, I... John Talbot! I killed that pathetic excuse for a waste of carbon. Buried his body in a, in a field. I'm oh, sorry. He got in the way of my future. I had to do it. Better him than me, you know. At least I'll actually make something out of myself. Give me that tape, John. John Talbot, give me that! Here. Take it. What? Take it. Keep it. You deserve it. 
You're just giving me all the evidence. Evidence? I don't need evidence. You're going to turn yourself in. And just how do you figure... I've watched you, sweetheart. You don't think I've watched you? I've tracked your career right from the get-go. Dropped out of UPenn. Daddy had pity on you, got you a job at his company, but every time you were close to a big promotion, a big deal, you sabotaged yourself. You found a way to make it fail. You ended up back here, living in an apartment above the seediest bar in town. And in this town, that's saying something. Living with a woman and a kid who hate your guts, you don't even know if you're the kid's actual father. I bet you don't even think you are. You work as, what, hired help on short-term projects? You barely pay your rent. You've been trying to pay your penance for years, but nothing has washed away the guilt you feel. Nothing has washed that drunken nightmare out of your brain. No, you're going to take that tape down to the police station yourself. It's just down the block and to the left. You want me to draw you a map? I'm... I'm not! I'm gonna kill you! Finish what I started! Should've done it years ago! No, you're not. I saw you just now. When I told you what you're going to do, it was like a weight lifted off your chest. You know when you're so drunk that throwing up just sounds like a relief? This is like that. Screw you! Go on, sweetheart. Bring the tape recorder, too. The cops might not have anything so archaic anymore. I hate you. I know you do. And ultimately, that's why you failed and I won. Because I never let myself hate you. I never allowed myself that luxury. I'm going to kill you! Then do it! Kill me! Right now! Look at you. You're still a big, strong Ivy League type. Your biceps are as big as my head. Well, not quite, but still, that chair you're sitting on is more than heavy enough for you to cave in my skull. Go ahead. Do it. Do it right now or go down to the police station and give them that tape. Damn. <clears throat> Do it right now or go down to the police station and give them that tape. Those are your choices. Now get going. I'll tell the director we need to get a new actor. So there really was a show? Of course there was. There's always a show. Intermission is brought to you by the fine and proper gentlefolk of the Tapestry Initiative. Today's episode, Confessions, was written and directed by Ethan Bartlett. It was produced by and starred Michael Lilienthal and Ethan Bartlett. For other episodes of Intermission and information about other Tapestry shows, go to tapestryradio.org or like our Facebook page. Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener, obviated objects of oblivion obambulating about, offered unto you in the Tapestry Radio Network. TapestryRadio.org, from our fancy to yours. Thank you.